Hello and welcome to the CLB Forge podcast. This is a show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. I'm Ryan Nilsson. And I'm Mike Natal. We are your hosts. Welcome to episode four. Ryan, we made it. We passed episode one, passed episode two, and now we are on to episode four. We are like rolling downhill and picking up steam, baby, and we are moving forward. I'm excited to keep uh, the traction and momentum that we have going forward. So before we move any further on to our actual episode, I want to point out what's over Ryan's right shoulder, that sweet looking logo that Krista and Armin and Troy uh, all had a hand in making. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, this will give people a little more upfront notice of what the logo is going to be, but we don't want to really point it out too much until they could see it with their own eyes up close and personal. Yeah, and now we'll find out if uh, Troy or Armin or Krista watch or listen to this. Exactly. So yeah. nobody else tell them, don't point it out. We want to see what they have to say about it. So is episode uh, four, is that too early to have an anniversary celebration? Like. You know? Yeah, I think we have to do an episode five anniversary. I think okay. that's what we mm-hmm. have to wait for. It'll be um, a retrospective. We're getting pretty close. Yes. On- <laughs> Where we'll go back and we'll like think about all the cool things that we've okay. done over right. the last five verse uh over the last five episodes, which there's been a ton of cool stuff. All right. So moving forward, have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a pastor? Uh, in a church that finds themselves in the middle of a coronavirus hot zone? Well, in today's episode, we're going to hear firsthand from a pastor who's serving a church in the greater New York City area. Today's guest graduated Lutheran Brethren Seminary in 1993. He served as a pastor at Bethel Lutheran Church in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, Bethany LBC in Staten Island, New York, Calvary LBC in Bergenfield, New Jersey, and for the past 17 years has pastored at Faith Lutheran in Briarcliff Manor, New York. And because his bio is so extensive and he's such an impressive individual, yeah. we actually had to split his bio up between the two of us. I got to quit Our for the water past break. guests, we could just read it in one shot. But this gentleman, he has done so many things for furthering the kingdom of God that we had to split things up. So Ryan, take a little bit of a breather and I'm going to finish this bio. In addition to that, He's on his third, you can count it, third term as chairman of the CLB Eastern Region. And Ryan, as two people who are part of that region, I think we should really praise Tony for putting up with us for as long as he has. I mean, it's been great. Well, we may he may kick us out after this. Probably. But thank you. It's been great, Tony. See how it goes. Right, right. Luckily, though, my wife is doing penance for both of us because she is uh, Tony's secretary and she does such a great job that it kind of cancels out my annoyance, which is great. So like Tony can kind of put up with me because Lindsay really does a great job for both of us. So it's great. All right. So in addition to being on his third term, Um, He also serves as a chaplain to three fire and police departments, and recently he traveled to the Middle East to study firsthand the tension between the Israeli and Palestinian people. He's actually currently writing a thesis that he has called uh, Inherited Hate. So please join me in welcoming Pastor Tony Karlick. Tony, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, you guys are doing a great work. 
And you know, Mike, I gotta say, I like your wife a little bit more than you, but I, you know, I was just saying. <laughs> no arguments here, man. There are multiple days. In fact, a lot of days where I wake up and I like my wife a lot better than myself too. So that's really good. You're, you're definitely not alone with that. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, we are here. Uh, we're just so in case it depends on when you're, when you're tuning in. Blah, 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 blah. Depending on when you're tuning in, uh, we just want to set the context. We're right now in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. And uh, so this thing is, uh, you know, still cooking. But uh, we've got about three plus months that we've been in this environment. And uh, it's been a challenging ministry season, to say the least. And that's uh, that's why we're uh, what we're focusing on today with you, Tony, um, so thank, thank you for joining us. Thanks for your time. I was wondering if you could just start by telling us your story. What was it like when the virus first started to disrupt community life and ministry? You know, what's the story of what that was like for you and your, your family and your church? Yeah, what ended up happening was we, you know, we had a service the, the Sunday before March 15th. Uh, it was a youth-led service, and interesting enough, they decided that they were going to do it live on Facebook and see how that goes. You know, it was just going to be one of those fun things to see what happened. We did not know that two days after doing that and filming that, that our, my city would shut down completely and my church would shut down entirely uh, for, the, for that moment. And I don't know if people realize that in a matter of a few days, let me just list a couple things that happened. For in, one, in just a few days, the church had to close, that we couldn't allow people in, we couldn't do ministries at the church anymore, and that came to an abrupt stop. We also had to close our preschool. That means all 50-plus kids had to go home, our teachers had to be laid off, and it, it was devastating. Um, weddings that I was planned to do came to an abrupt stop. Can't, can't do them. There's no venue to have one at. You couldn't do it in the church. You couldn't do it at a venue. And all those plans just came to an abrupt end. Uh, no more baptisms. I had some baptisms that were scheduled to be done. They couldn't be done. Uh, no funerals. Uh, you know, I couldn't do church funerals. And we had funerals to do. Uh, at the same time, I couldn't do any hospital visitation. I couldn't do any shut-in visitation. That's, that was literally in less than seven days that it just stopped. But that was the church. What happened in my community really brought fear, not, not just into the community, but even into my own heart, was um, the food stores. Uh, when they shut down, people went into a panic mode. And so they went into the stores quick and they hoarded. So by the time I went, because I go, oh, I better stock up, you know, and, and you know, this is going to be bad. Um, I go into the store and it was a war zone. There was no paper products whatsoever, no meat, none. There was no frozen foods, none. Wow. Most of the canned goods were gone and people were scrambling to get boxes of rice just so that there was something that they could have. Uh, in that same week, our local banks closed because they're just little branches and only the major branches, which were in other towns, uh, would remain open. So it was weird seeing the banks on my main street, they're closed. And 
you know, then it, it just seemed like the streets went empty. And it was scary. It, it was like uh, everybody was lifted up, uh, you know, that what's going on? Everybody hunkered down. Everybody hoarded. Everybody locked the doors, you know, that kind of thing. And there was just uh, intensity and a fear that was just overwhelming in the very beginning. It, it was it was scary. It was honestly scary. Yeah. Wow. Hey, uh, Tony, um, were you, you were you were pastoring during 9-11 as well, right? Yeah, uh, I was serving the church uh, in Staten Island, New York, uh, during 9-11. Wow. Okay. And um, there was a lot of similarities that, that yeah. happened, you know, with the, people locked themselves into the homes. We, we couldn't go anywhere. They closed the bridges. Uh, the food stores had to run. The banks closed. You couldn't even use a credit card anywhere. You know, it was, it was scary at that time. Um, but in a strange way, experiencing that kind of gave me a little insight as to how to deal as a pastor in crisis and and in a big crisis. Yeah. So what was once maybe a, a, a terrible experience, it, it did give me experience. Yeah, that's great. And I... I it's like the Lord it was preparing you for this time, you know, by, yeah. by learning from uh, different opportunities. And, and that really comes back to the first thing that you shared with us about how um, you had the youth run service and they were like, Hey, we want to post it on Facebook. Never before had you thought that that would have been something that you would have had to utilize. And now countless churches are utilizing Facebook live. So you guys were uh, ahead of the curve basically as people were doing this so that come the following Sunday, that's just something now that I think churches, cause we've been doing it now for probably nine weeks, 10 weeks, almost never had to do it before. Um, and now this is just a normal part of the services starting Facebook live before you start the service. So God was kind of bringing that in to go alongside uh, with that, Tony, what were some of the biggest challenges that, that you faced during uh, ministry or even that like your church leaders faced during doing ministry during this time? I have to say I have an incredible uh, elder board, uh, absolutely incredible. And they were not afraid to take on the challenge and to move quickly. Uh, let me just share what ended up happening. Um, the week before, as I said before, March 15th, we just filmed on uh, Facebook Live. We were ready. The, the next Sunday, uh, matter of fact, this past Sunday is our three-month anniversary of being live uh, for our worship services. I mean, just, we were ready the first day. We wow. were prepared, and it was set, and we went. We met uh, numerous times. Um, and we came to the conclusion that we needed to open up two more Zoom accounts. Uh, one account would be for our youth ministries and the other would be for our adult ministries. So that this way, our youth could still do youth groups uh, through Zoom. Faith kids could do you know, Zoom ministries. Our Sunday school could do Zoom ministries. For the adults, we were able to have um, Zoom meeting, I uh, have two adult Bible studies go uh, on a Sunday morning uh, through that account. We could have our women's Bible study continue to meet. And within one week, 
it was up and running. Well, at the same time, I worked with my director of our preschool and they decided that they were gonna Zoom our preschool for the parents so that there was time for the parents to sit with their children, have their teachers teach them so that it kept continuity and uh, consistency going through. And this, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I go, this was all done within a seven day to 10 day period. Uh, unbelievable. And it was done because of the, the uh, professionalism of my elders. Uh, just, they were ready. That's amazing. Yeah, I love hearing. So uh, Ryan, you can probably speak into this, but for the previous uh, interview, Andy, that we've had, uh, I've loved hearing how adaptable people are. And that's one of the things that we're called to, you know, one of, one of the greatest tools that we can give people is to just let them know that the importance is to be adaptable, make the gospel accessible for people. And one of the ways is by allowing them to worship comfortably and safely in the confines of their houses, making the gospel come to them is one of the best things that we can do. And one of the things that we're encouraged to do as Christians is to make the gospel um, as accessible as possible. So I've just been really impressed in overall adaptability that pastors have shown uh, to really further the kingdom uh, through that. So Tony, thank you for sharing that too. I mean, that's, um, that's great to hear that you guys as a team, uh, had the communication in order to really roll this stuff out as quickly as you were able to do. Yeah, it was, it was really by, it was, it was an act of God. You know, we, hmm. we, we could not have done this by our own reason or understanding. This was the work of the Holy spirit. And the one thing I have learned over the years is that it doesn't matter what you face. You need to remember God will always be faithful. And throughout my ministry, in good and difficult times, he's shown himself to be so good in some of the darkest moments. And, and that doesn't change. That doesn't change. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of that adaptability and... Uh, the changes you've had to make. What, how do you, what do you think about how this whole season is changing your community and your church? What are, what are some of the more lasting impacts that you're, that you think are coming or you've already seen? The things that stand out to me is that when you face a crisis, you have a choice. The choice is shut down and, and just hunker down or you, you, you take your steps forward. And what I saw in the church I'm serving, in taking steps forward, something was revealed to me and to our leaders that we didn't notice before. That we had people in our church that had various gifts that were not being used. Um, there was, at the time, not a reason to use those gifts. But when the virus came and the need came up, all of a sudden, we have tech people that stepped up to be sh so that we can film, so that we can uh, have it on our website, so that people can watch it anytime they want. We even had people that had connections that um, with catering companies, because at that time, restaurants were shut down and things like that. And what they did was they would make 30 meals two times a week and deliver them to the church. 
And then we had people who volunteered to go and deliver those dinners to our shut-ins so that shut-ins would get two to three dinners for the week, every week. And various families were dropping them off, making the connections. And so we weren't doing that kind of ministry before. And, and, and then what we have is, you know, the church using these gifts to the glory of God, blessing people that we weren't doing before. And it still continues. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blown away by it, really. That's solid. I love hearing stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I think, I think it's been a great season to kind of reevaluate how, how you spend your time and energy as a church. What's important? What are the things that uh, we can do without? And w- where are there opportunities to serve the community where, where we weren't before? And I, I, lo- I love hearing stories like yours, Tony, where I think some churches will emerge from this time having a, a stronger relationship with their community. It's almost like a second chance for churches, um, you know, uh, for churches that have gotten disconnected from their community. And that's definitely not, uh, given your level of involvement in the community, I'm not saying that about you, but for other churches, I, I think it's been an opportunity to, uh, to reconnect with their community in a fresh way. It, it's, you know, it, it's been a wonderful time, even though it's, it's a horrible time uh, to be able to see. Yeah. Um, one of the things that stood out for me was, you know, we did the live stream. OK. Uh-huh. And at that time, it was literally me give a 30 minute message and it shuts, you know, that that's it. And it would only be myself and say a film crew uh, participating. I love the way it evolved that through the, uh, the leadership of our volunteers, our worship service went and it slowly started to include things, things that would connect the community of the body of believers. What uh, uh, some of our people decided to do was we want scripture readers. So we asked people to do a scripture reading, tape it, give it to us so that we can include it in the service. Then what we wanted was three families because we are big church so three families every sunday to contribute a welcome and they would you know film it at home send it in and so at the beginning of every worship service three families are sitting together in their home you know at various homes and we get to see them again we get to see what's going on and get to hear from them again so all this started to go and then we were able because of the size of our church we were able to have a worship leader and a pian- our pianist be able to be in the building at that time and film separately. And so that, and the hymns words were put out to the side while you're seeing them perform. Then it evolved again that we started getting people to do special music from their home and tape it and put it in to where now we're doing a one hour service on Sunday that includes many people to make it happen. And it's connect, it, keep, it kept us connected, keeps us connected. And, and, and it just has, with the blessings that have come from that, the positive responses have been enormous. So just wonderful. Oh, that's great. Yeah, um, I think that that's, oh, sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, just to like, follow up with that um, real quick. I, I wonder too, like how, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with the community? You're the chaplain, uh, to the uh, fire and police, three three fire and police departments in Briarcliff Manor, Austining, and Millwood. Did I pronounce all those right? By the way, yes, you did. Okay, yes, you did. all right. Um, so I, I'm guessing you you've got 
uh, really close ties to the community and community leaders as a result of that. Um, has that played a role at all for you and your church during the oh, pandemic I, as well? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, w- one of the problems that came as a result of uh, the virus is that uh, many of the volunteers on fire departments and EMS are older people because they have the time to be able to volunteer. When the virus hit, they couldn't participate. So we had a real demand uh, on uh, people that were quote unquote, semi-retired, myself included. Um, I had to go back to driving a fire truck. Um, I had to go back to participating in things I haven't done in a while. I'm, I'm more on an executive uh, side of the fire department still today, but not hands-on. I had to go back to being mm-hmm. hands-on to help the community. Wow. The village uh, supervisor really appreciated that, and uh, the the uh, board of trustees was very appreciative. Um, I was there for them whenever there was to be counsel uh, of you know what can we do and to bring support to our community during this time. And the main thing was that they knew I was available. That that brought some peace to their minds. So that's what I've experienced. And the other part, which is really bizarre, is that um, when we started the live stream, you know, there was a few people watching and, you know, our people for the most part. And then all of a sudden we saw a spike in a matter of weeks to where the viewership went from say 60 to 100, 200, 300, 400, and you go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I don't have that many people in my church. Wow, wow. And then what happened was my neighbors go, hey, I saw you on Sunday. That was really good. And I'm going, really? And then on top of it, they're Jewish. And I'm just going, what? You know, you, you, really? And my, my one neighbor who's Jewish hasn't missed a Sunday. Uh, him and his family watch it. They love it. Wow. Um, wow. I Right now, there's people watching across the country from New Mexico, uh, the Midwest, the down south, New York City. Um, th- the ministry has expanded. And I've been able to reach out to them. I did a little commercial uh, said, I want to get to know you and I want you to email me so we can connect. And people were sending pictures of themselves along with a little bio and you know, and just words of encouragement. And uh, one of the other things that evolved that was very important, and I, I, this was a God moment for me. I was going to Zoom our Wednesday night Bible study, okay? Because, you know, you want to have some sort of a midweek thing. And by God's grace, I said, we don't need to do that right now. What we need is God's encouragement during this dark time. So I put together a Wednesday live cast of uh, midweek encouragement, and it was solely on the Lord is my dot, dot, dot. And what it was each week, I would say, he's our shepherd. He is our refuge. He is our strength. And I just keep going through each of these things. When the viewership from Wednesday started matching the viewership of Sunday, I was just like, oh man, I didn't realize how much people needed the word of God more than just Sunday. They needed to be rooted and grounded because the fear was overwhelming. Wow. And that was a God moment. 
Wow. Yeah, that's great. So many practical things uh, that you are applying to ministry that people can benefit from. And not only that, but also that people can take and then share with other people, which is, I think, what you guys are really seeing. So, Tony, if I can ask you, um, what would you say are um, one or two major takeaways that you've learned during this time that you think other people who are listening to this podcast can benefit from? No matter how dark it is, no matter how you feel you're incapable, no matter how much yourself is frightened, we have a God that's bigger and Mm -hmm. always, always provides. And the more and more you face trials, the bigger your God becomes, the more reliant you become upon him. And that is what I've learned and I've been blessed by. Yeah, that's so tremendous. And I think um, given our time constraint too, because I definitely don't want to cut you short on this, um, I'm going to pull a curveball, Ryan, and I'm just going to hold us to it. Uh, I want to have Tony back on so that he can talk about uh, his thesis because I we wanted to give him a little bit of time oh, to talk yeah. through that. Yeah. But I don't think we can do that yeah. justice. So I think we should just have Tony back on if, if you wouldn't mind, Tony, to talk more about uh, that relationship, because I remember personally when you came back from your trip to Israel and to Palestine and you yeah. were so on fire about that relationship. And, and I really felt that while you were talking. So I would love to give you a, a full episode opportunity to really talk through that, because I don't think we can do it justice right now in the last bit of time. Uh, and I think people That's really fun. would love to hear your heart on that, too. Well, I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. And no uh, pressure. The whole internet's watching. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But no pressure. (laughs) Great. Good. Awesome. All right, Ryan, take us home with your new scripted outro. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's going to sound extra natural now. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Tony, for being with us today. Thanks for being our guest. Thank you. And thank you to all who are watching and listening to our show today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And we'd love it if you shared the podcast or video with a friend or colleague. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you all next time.